welcome to the Carry On Cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where you get to hear the pastors talk about the upcoming preaching text. Hello, I am Pastor Megan. I am here with Pastor Kevin, and, and that's it. And that's it. Sorry. No. Yep. And here's the worst part. Who who we're missing today is, of course, Pastor Eric. Who, if you've gotten to know him a little bit, you know how much he loves talking. Martin Luther, Lutheran theology. This is true. This is most certainly, certainly true. true. Yes. Oh! Hey, there it is. That's there a, it is. That's a, Lutheran, uh, that's a Lutheran joke. This is for Reformation Sunday. Yes. And I'm pretty sure that Pastor Eric would, would have normally loved to talk with us about it. <laughs> so here's what you do, faithful podcast listeners. Uh, we like to give you little secret challenges within the podcast for you to come and bug <laughs> us about later so we know you've been listening. You get to find Pastor Eric and say, hey, tell me your favorite thing about Reformation Sunday like you asked in the podcast and then see how he responds. He's going to give you a stare. Uh, a long, <laughs> where have I been stare. Right, where he was was not in this podcast. But but this is the beauty is that we get to talk about the text that Pastor Eric will be preaching on, which is all the better because we get to come up with all sorts of things and we're going to explore some really cool stuff about First Kings and he gets to pick up after that. About what, <laughs> about what book, Pastor Kevin? First Kings. Oh boy. I know, right? Well, this is one of the things I like about the narrative lectionary though, is it kind of forces us into books and sections, important parts of the story of God's people that sometimes we don't otherwise get to. Yes, exactly. Handy tip, I just learned this myself. I'm always learning, always learning. So much to learn. So First Kings and Second Kings, we know them as two books, but originally written as one, split into two when it was translated. Interesting, right? Because again, we're reading a translation. Thank God someone was able to translate this thing into English and into a language we could say. But that's kind of been such an important part of the Reformation as well, is translating and making the word of God accessible to people of all tribes and tongues, meaning that we have a Bible that we can understand ourselves, which is a big point of contention with the Reformation itself, right? There yeah. was that sense of absolutely you need to be able to read it in your own language because before the Reformation there was nothing. It was just the it was just the very smallest percentage of elites who could read Latin. Mm -hmm. Basically, they were the only ones who had access to scripture. And and the general sense was that oh, you probably don't want average people right. reading the Bible anyway because they might mess it up. They right. might get it wrong. So really, we should keep this really narrow. Um, and Martin Luther said, I don't think that's the way this is supposed to go. I feel like if this is God's word, we should all be able to read it, especially because he, uh, as he continued down his training to be a monk and a professor, he started finally reading scripture and found himself just floored by what the Bible actually said and didn't say, right? Ooh. So we realized there was this big wall between God's word as it actually was and God's word as people actually got to experience and encounter it. Um, so he started translating uh, scripture into the vernacular German of the time. And as I recall, that's what actually got him in the most specific trouble. That's that's what got him excommunicated, was writing the Bible out in a language people could read. How there about that? That's awesome. You know, it's funny um, because uh, 
the students in high school right now who are taking AP European test history, they stopped me the other day at Yowie's and they were telling me all about what they were studying right now. And guess what they were testing on? What? Reformation no! history. And so they like brought in all the Martin Luther and Zwingli and all of the kind of like kind of people of the day. And then they showed me the little icon on their phone, like the, for the app that they use. And of course, it's a meme with Martin Luther on it saying like something along the lines of I have 99 problems or something like that. It's just, it was something amazing. And I was like, yes, this is uh, our, our public schools are doing us well. So this is good. (laughs) And it is always kind of fun, right? When this, this uh, church history that you learn Mm -hmm. exclusively in church lines up with, I'm making quotes with my fingers, real life history. It's that reminder that this is this is part of history, right? Yes. Like this is not just for we who are Lutherans or for we who are in the walls of Easter Lutheran Church. Like this is part of world history. It's part mm-hmm. of why I also think it's so important for us to be able to read some of these Old Testament stories because this is the full story of God, right? It's not just for some people or for a time that has since gone by. This is our history too. This is helping us understand what God has been up to in the past so we can keep an eye out for what God is doing among us now and into the future. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just like, oh, we have to read First Kings, you know, oh, and then we're going to forget about it. No, this is an important story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for a couple of reasons. One, the main character that you are about to hear us talk about is a guy named Elijah. Good name, lots of Elijahs out there, well named. In particular, Elijah is a name that might uh, kind of ring some bells for you because he is not just a prophet, he is consistently pointed to as like the prophet, the way he represented God and God's power in a difficult time for God's people. Um, If you look forward, even into the Gospels, when Jesus is transfigured, which is that weird event where he's on a mountain and he gets all shiny and weird stuff happens. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly the sound that happens. (laughs) It's biblical sound. Right. It's just like that. It's so amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, That Jesus appears with Moses and Elijah. So Whoa. we've talked, right? We've mm-hmm. talked about Moses recently, right? That he is the one who led God's people out of uh, enslavement in Egypt and into freedom, uh, brought them the commandments so they could try to live as God planned. So this whole shape around this is who made us a people, a country, uh, gave us laws. Like this is Moses. He represents the law. Well, Elijah represents the prophets, one who speaks for God, that brings truth to the people uh, to keep them kind of in keeping with basically God's God's promises and commandments for them. Mm-hmm. So there's your there's your goalposts are, are, are Moses and Elijah, and that's that's who we're talking about today. That's awesome. Part of what got us here too was that last week we talked about David dancing before the Lord. Woo-hoo! That was a pretty good scene, but then things went down hill after that, which brings us to Elijah because the book of First Kings opens actually with two chapters about David and kind of the the very poor choice of relationships that he had with Jezebel and kind of how that brought us into why Elijah needed to show up, which was to which we'll kind of get into here in a minute. But should I should I go ahead and read a little bit of it? Yeah, yeah. Let's read okay. let's read from First Kings eighteen. Let's okay. hear the story and then we'll and then we'll help us all understand. What it is we just heard. Yeah, because it's kind of like, here's the beginning of how Elijah and Ahab show up, and then there's this throwdown in the middle. Oh, yes. So 
this is a strange one. This is okay. a strange one. But it's a story. It is. It is a story. And there's a reason why we picked it for yes, Sunday. Yes, sir. Okay. When Ahab saw Elijah, this is 1 Kings 18, starting at verse 17. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? Isn't that great? That's such a good line. He answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have. Ooh, and your father's house. Fight, 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 fight. (laughs) Because you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and followed the balls. Now, therefore, have all Israel assembled for me at Mount Carmel with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So... Ahab sent to all the Israelites and assembled the prophets at Mount Carmel. Elijah then came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping with two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. The people did not answer him a word. (laughs) Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets number 450, let two bulls be given to us. Let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, lay it on the wood, and but put no fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire is indeed God. All the people answered, well spoken, well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourselves one bull, prepare it first, for you are many. Then call on the name of your God, but put no fire to it. So they took the bull that was given them, prepared it, call on the name of Baal from morning until noon, crying, oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, no answer. They limped about the altar they had made. At the time of the offering of the oblation, the prophet Elijah came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant, that I have done all the things that you're bidding. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then... The fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, and the dust, and even licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord is indeed God. The Lord is indeed God. This is the word of the Lord. Wow. What? a story the best part is so this this story has been marginally edited for time right and in between the priests of Baal you know setting up their thing and and uh, Elijah setting up his there's this extended section of the priests of Baal doing all these ridiculous things to try to appease Baal and Elijah for his part like I imagine him sitting in a lawn chair like with a glass of lemonade (laughs) and he's just He's just egging him on. Oh, maybe Ball doesn't hear you. Maybe you have mm-hmm. to be louder. Mm-hmm. It's just sassy as all get out. Yep. And that is exactly the point. The point that is being made here is that Elijah has seen rightly that that God's people have, have gone sideways. They have gone chasing after things that are not God. And so Elijah has gone to Ahab, has gone to the king, the person who is in charge, and said, whoa, hey, you're in charge. you got to call people back. 
What is it that Ahab says to Elijah right here at the top of the story? Calls him a troubler of Israel. Here's Elijah trying to upset the apple cart, trying to cause problems. Ahab's got this great thing going. So what if he's surrounded by a share of poles and priests of Baal? Like, it's going fine. What's wrong with you, Elijah? Um, and Elijah keeps speaking truth. You've fallen away. You've fallen away from your promises. You have fallen away from faith. And so he sets up this challenge. Uh, <laughs> and it's a heck of a challenge. Um, and the point of this story is that, indeed, God's power is made known. Indeed, mm-hmm. um, the the true God reveals God's own self, right? right. And, and so the point of this is like, yep, God mm-hmm. is the one with power. Mm-hmm. God is the one in control. Exactly. You better recognize. And at some level, too, like this whole fall, we've been looking at this together for good. Mm-hmm. And so the God of relationship that is a part of this whole thing is willing to <laughs> to step into this to this silly looking conflict, right? Of saying it's not silly, but in the sense of, you know, like, well, we're gonna try to put fire to something or call down fire. My but, guide can start something on fire and yours can't. <laughs> right? right? But at some level God's willing to do this. Why? Because God chooses relationship. And I think it's it's it was important that when we were preparing for this too is to talk about at the beginning of that of 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 Elijah's kind of invocation, right? It says, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Now we have spent time this fall looking at each one of these stories and making the connection that God has made a promise. God is defining God's self by relationship with each and every one of these people. Yeah, and we know who these people are. We've talked about Abraham and how God's promise came to Abraham. Uh, We've talked about Isaac and how he was the child of the promise. We've even talked about Israel. If you will remember, it was Jacob whose name was changed to Israel Mm -hmm. when he was basically wrestling with this this representative of God, right? We, We know who these people are. We know how these people have all experienced both the the comfort and challenge that come from living into God's promises, right? And so here, Elijah calls God back to those relationships and says, all right, God, we know who you are because of what you have continued to do in the past. We know you are faithful. We know that we can trust you to show up here. And I think it's also worth noting that this act is not just because, like, Elijah wants to show that he's bigger, smarter, fancier, and more important than the priests of Baal. Like, this isn't just like a, a matchup for pride. Um, this is about turning God's people back to faithfulness. This is about mm-hmm. turning the whole people to realize that there is one God. There is only one God, right? There's um, even the way he talks about it, you know, let it be known on this day that you are God in Israel. Answer me um, so that they know that you are God alone, right? All these kinds of references back to, you know, other things we've talked about, like the Shema and making sure God is the only God and um, all these reminders. Remember, remember, remember who and what and when. Um, and that's that, that's a promise for us too. Elijah mm-hmm. is reminding us too that God can be called on. God is a God of relationships. God has been working through people throughout history. This is something we can trust for God. Not just because we want to look big and special and fancy, but because we, we know that God is at work for good in this world for mm-hmm. the sake of all people, for the sake of our neighbors. Yep, absolutely. Why do you think the, the, the point or the thing here is that that you have turned their hearts back you know i think that's an interesting thing mm-hmm. it's not like turn your brain back like it's not that we have to think our way back into faith but what is it that you think is about heart 
Yeah, well, and I think a little bit back to when um, when Hunts preached a couple weeks ago when he talked about, you know, the the call to love God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your strength. And he talked about how that word heart, that Hebrew word heart, is, is less like your... Um, your touchy feeliness, but like you're the center of your being, the mm -hmm. core of your wisdom and self and, and capacity. So it's this idea that that God has, has showed up yet again, yet again, when the people have turned away and gone off on the wrong way and really put a lot of distance between themselves and God, that God yet again shows up and gets in front of them and helps turn their hearts, turn their whole selves, their whole being back into faithfulness to God. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I mean, personally, I appreciate that reminder that there is, I, there is nowhere I can go mm -hmm. where God won't show up to, to turn my heart back. Hey, do I have a story then for you about that? What? <laughs> so the other day, our family was going to um, a a popular chicken finger chain. I will not name because we're not endorsed by them. I was going to say, nobody sponsored <laughs> this podcast. <so. laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Easter at Easter.org. <laughs> but as we were going to this, this restaurant, it was so funny because we got there at like the perfect time because the the drive-through line was literally backed out onto the street. And as we were going into the parking lot there was no parking and there was this drive-through line that was back to the street and so people were trying to maneuver through the the drive-through line and finding a spot well the drive-through line was basically blocking the entire parking lot you couldn't get to the spots and there was a gentleman in a truck who was very upset about what he was very hungry he must have been I get really too. I, yes I can understand that and so literally the 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 gestures were probably on par with this elijah ball like he was about ready to uh, mm -hmm. burn animal corpses <laughs> out on the lawn because of whatever was going to go on and so he was trying to get through so bad and he was and everybody in the parking lot knew this man was very hangry so it was like, okay, this this is getting a little scary. So finally he got through and he was driving really fast through the parking lot. And then we're all inside. We went inside because you're like, okay, we're time to go inside. And he came in the store later. And literally our kids were making a mess or dropping things on the floor. And My he was there do. helping. He was there all of a sudden helping pick things up. I excuse me. Um, can I help with this? And it was just like. I don't know what's going on Weren't here. Weren't you just a road rager yeah. like 10 minutes ago and now yes. you're this kind, compassionate neighbor? And that's the heart thing, right? Is that we don't always know what's going on with the heart piece with this. But all of that to say is that we're so complicated when it comes to what's going on inside of us, which is part of what I think this being called back mm -hmm. to God is about. Because one minute we're kind and helpful and saying nice things and being super polite. And the next minute we're road raging out in the, the truck. I mean, that was kind of a big um, uh, reformation insight is that we mm -hmm. are both at the same time. It is almost as if we were both sinner and saint simultaneously. Right? What? I feel like somebody said that once. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though, right? Like we're never we're never any one thing. I to the point of this story from here, Elijah after this incredible powerful show of power from God, like just this amazing thing. Elijah um so I mean to his credit, like Jezebel gets real sassy and like demands his life. So that's scary. Yep. Um but he basically runs with his tail between his legs pouting and scared and sad and goes out and hides 
right? So he knows what God is capable of doing. And how does he respond? By by being scared. Mm-hmm. Because we contain multitudes, yep. right? Because mm-hmm. we are simultaneously sinner and saint. We are never, ever just any one thing. And it is a, another point that, that makes this story so, so meaningful on Reformation Sunday is that one of the things that Luther talked about was that the church is always reforming. The work of Reformation does not happen once and then it's done. And whee, we look back and it wasn't it nice though. We fixed all the problems mm-hmm. 500 years ago. Isn't that lovely? Yep. No, but that that work continues on. Because we are both sinner and saint, because we get it wrong, because we go sideways, because we, I mean, honestly, just like Ahab, sometimes we are completely sidetracked by all of the wrong things and realize that we have made the wrong thing God, that God's Mm got to show up and has to turn our heart around and we need to be reformed yet again. That's not a one-time act. That is constant work. And so we, you know, as God's people in this world, in this church, we are called to honestly and earnestly pause as often as possible and say, hold on a second, right? Like, where are we going? Where does this lead? How does this end up? And most importantly, am I keeping God as the sole God here? Because if not, holy crap, it's time for some reformation. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. And that's, I think, the hope that we have experienced here at Easter this weekend, too, is that you see that in the world that is filled with all sorts of violence Mm -hmm. that we can and cannot control. I mean, we're still praying for peace in Israel-Palestine. We're still praying for peace in North Minneapolis. We're still praying for peace in the homes of the people of Egan and Rosemount and Apple Valley and all the surrounding communities, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's that's exactly it. I mean, we pray for that reformation, and um, there will always be somebody that's going to be calling us back to God. Yep. Yep. And one of the things that that we mentioned too about this weekend is this is the weekend that we have students who've been preparing to publicly publicly affirm their baptisms, publicly affirm their faith. And and let us remember, even as we despair about all the evil in the world and all the brokenness in the world and all of the turning away from God that happens, that there are still these young people ready to stand up in front of us and bear witness and lead the way and tell us, I still choose this, right? God continues to reform my heart and yours and all of ours. Um, There is still hope. So um, you might not be calling down fire on a a trough full of drenched cattle. but God's still doing great things among us. Amen. Thanks be to God. <laughs> Woo! Well, thanks for joining us today uh, on the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry on. Carry on. <laughs> the work of Jesus Christ. <laughs> thanks for everybody.